Hello and welcome to Mosaic Life Church's podcast. We believe that everyone can find hope and healing in Christ. My name is Jack Gonzalez, the lead pastor here at Mosaic. and We hope that you enjoy today's message and you're blessed by it. At the end of the message, I'll share some contact information with you. If you do have any further questions, you can connect with us. Have a blessed day. Good. How are you all doing this morning? Doing blessed? Hey, ble- that, that's good. God is good. Amen. And all the time? I was coming back to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my name is Jack Gonzalez. I'm the lead pastor here at Mosaic. I'm very grateful to be able to, to get to serve you all. I certainly don't do it by myself. I do it with a wonderful team. Um, and we truly believe that everyone can find hope and healing in Christ. Absolutely anyone. It doesn't matter your situation, where you've been, what you've gone through, what you've faced. Everyone can find hope and healing in Christ, and we truly believe that. Amen? We continue on with our message series, Prayers to Pray. And no, I am not giving you any prayers to recite. Uh, We are not going to take on that Catholic part of tradition. We're not doing that. But God has spoken to me in some particular areas where he is directing our prayers and the things that we come before him in this year in 2024. And God is good because he comes and he just, just comes and says, okay, this is where I want you to focus. With that being said, we have a central passage for our message series. It's found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. We are going to, and my desire is this, is that you would memorize it. You would allow it to just sink root. And when we allow something to sink root, what you're doing is making room for the Holy Spirit to pull it out when it's needed and when it's time. So Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, and I'm giving it to you here in the NASB. And it says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so please take some time and memorize that. Every Sunday in this series, which will be in January and February, we are going to, uh, we're going to read this at the beginning of every message before we get into it. And, so, um, and then surprisingly, on a day that I'm not going to tell you, I'm just going to pop up and say, whoever got it memorized, here's a free gift card, and you'll get some free coffee on that particular day. So just memorize it, and uh, I'll surprise you and say, here you go. So uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the second part of our series. Um, let me just pray one more time. Let me just pray one more time. Join me. Heavenly Father, in the mighty and precious name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word and we recognize that it is holy. We recognize that it is alive and we recognize that you desire to speak to us through it. Holy Spirit, have your way. Help us to have moments of understanding where things are unlocked for us, where it makes sense, Lord, where we get it, Lord. Help us, Lord, to make it take root inside of us. Thank you, Father, for what you desire to do. In Jesus' mighty name, we are your children. Amen. Amen, amen. So to get started, let me ask you this question. If I were to take a survey and just pass out a survey or give you an online survey and I asked you all the question, do the desires of the heart tell you about the person? I bet many of you would say, you know what, if I knew the desires of someone's heart, absolutely I would learn something about that person. I I would know a whole lot more about that person if I can see the desires of their heart. And I would tell you that the very same thing is true about God. 
that the desires of his heart tell us a whole lot about him. If we can know the desires of his heart, if we can see what, 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 what makes God's heart beat, where, where he desires, where he longs for, if we can see what touched him or what made him sad or what made him, brought him joy and what, what is on his heart, what he's thinking about, that would absolutely tell us a whole lot about him. And it would also tell us a whole lot about our purpose as his children. You know, some people say, well, you know, we can't see uh, what people's heart is unless they show it to us. Absolutely true. Unless somebody shows you their heart, you, you, you really can't tell about that about them. You really can't see that inside. But if I were to hold a box right now and I, I were to open up the box and the box represented God's heart and I were to pull it out, what would we find in there about God's heart? What would we find? The wonderful thing is that we have his word. His word is the box. His word is what reveals to us what his heart desires. What his heart yearns for, longs for. What he is thinking. You see, this year as a church, we are going to grow in the area of God's hearts. Are you ready, church? Come on, somebody. It's 1030. Are we ready? Yeah. Amen. This year as a church, we are going to grow in an area of God's hearts. And this morning, we're going to be looking at a passage in Luke chapter 15 and looking at verses 1 through 7. And we're going to park there, and that's going to be our focus. And we're going to uncover and unsee a little bit more of God's hearts. It says this in verse 1. Now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near to Jesus to listen to him. Now, why were they coming near to Jesus? Why did they have the opportunity or the ability to come near to Jesus? Because they were welcomed to. How many people, see, sometimes people have the mindset that I can't come near to Jesus because I'm unworthy. Because I'm not good enough. Because I haven't got it worked out, therefore I cannot access his presence. I cannot, and he wants you to come to him. His presence is available, to, but you got to come to him. He comes to meet you. He has come to meet you here this morning. In verse 2 it says this, And both the Pharisees and the scribes began to complain, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Listen, I want you to check out this video here, and then we'll jump into verse 3. Just check out this video real quick. So I took a few moments a couple of weeks ago and camped outside of a couple of our campuses and I wanted to see how we were doing you know when it's hardest to love do you know
the closer the person is to us and the less common the struggle, the easier it is to love. God forbid I find out my wife has three months to live. I quit my job, I quit everything, right? What if it's just an acquaintance of yours? And what if the problem's recurring? The more common and further from us, how common is homelessness? And how frequently is the homeless person someone dear to us personally? Never. So I took a few moments a couple of weeks ago and camped outside of a couple of our campuses and I wanted to see how we were doing, you know, when it's hardest to love. Do you know that your Father in heaven is giving the same graces to the person that's hardest for you to love? He's giving it. He's giving, he doesn't play favors. He's giving the grace to everyone. And if we're gonna love like our Father in heaven loves, we don't get to play favorites. And by favorites, I mean so often we love the people where there's some benefit in it for us, right? Calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me because I have found my sheep that was lost. I tell you in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. The heart of God. The heart of God. You know, we, we absolutely have a vision. We absolutely believe that everyone can find hope and healing in Christ. Absolutely everyone. But every year, God also speaks something to me personally and says, this is what you're going to focus on. In 2022, and it even spilled into 2023, but I, I kept talking to you about Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And that became such an important thing because God really wanted us to learn how to love each other. He really wanted us to learn how to take care of each other, how to come alongside each other. And last year, I gave you a different vision and what he's given us this year for Mosaic. I can't tell you the church down the street, but he's telling us this. Would we take personal the burden of God's heart for the lost? Would we take personal this burden of his heart? In Romans 10, verses 13 through 15, it's something you're going to hear me talk about over the course of this year. Romans 10, 13 through 15. You see here in this passage we just read in Luke 15, Jesus actually not tells this story one time, not two times, but he tells it three times. He's trying to communicate a message. First, he talks about leaving the 99 and going after the one sheep. After that, he tells another story, and he says, there's a woman. She has 10 coins. She's lost one coin. Doesn't she go and search her whole house to find that one coin? And when she finds it, doesn't she go and rejoice? After that, he tells another story saying the very same message, and he tells a story of the prodigal son. 
that there was a son that he went off into the world and he was so lost and so far away from God, but then he eventually comes back home. Jesus tells the same message three times. And how many of you know that if Jesus is repeating himself, there's something that he really needs the church to get? See, in this year, he is calling us to join him, to take personal the burden of his heart for the lost. So do you want to join God's heart? It's pretty quiet. Do you want to join God's heart? See, over and over, I have been praying that our hearts would match God's heart, that our heart would beat as his heart beats. And he is doing a wonderful thing in us in this season. So there's two things that I want to share with you quickly. The first thing is this. You cannot judge people's stories of why they are lost. You cannot do that. You cannot go and look and say, well, you shouldn't have got yourself in that situation. This is your fault. As for me and my tribe, we're good. But you the one that put yourself in that situation. We cannot do that. We cannot judge someone's situation. Now, we can see why certain situations or circumstances took place. We can see things, but it's not for you to come over and, and, and drop it on them like a ton of bricks and say, it's all your faults. We cannot judge why somebody is lost. Right? It, it, it can be the homeless man. It could be the, it can be, it could be the guy in the suits. Everything on the outside looks like they got it all together, but inside they're empty. Inside they're chasing the next thing and the next thing. Why? Because they're trying to satisfy something. They're far away from God. On the outside, it looks like they got it all together. You know, as kids, we're taught not to judge a book by its cover. As older, we develop our own prejudices and our own ideas and our own thoughts about certain people or the way they look or, or if they're in a certain situation. or they're, we, 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 Well, they must have. And then we become Christian. We come to know the Lord. And we, we come to, he saved us. And then, and then at some point, we stop looking through the biblical lens, forgetting the arms that were open wide for you. How were you? When you came into his arms, did you deserve it? Because I know I didn't. And these arms were like this, open wide, and he made room for you. He said, my child, I got a space for you. I got a place for you. And somehow we stopped looking through that lens for that person. Jesus says in Matthew 7, verse 12, he says this, And everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. You know, we call this the golden rule. If you think about it in this perspective, if you were driving and you were lost, would you want someone to point you in the right direction? You know, some of us are prideful. I don't, I'll find my way. Don't tell me. I'll figure it out. But if your child was lost... Would you want someone to point them in the right direction? If you were unable to reach, if there was, if some, would you want somebody to come alongside? Would you, would you want your, you know what, I was lost, but someone, someone pointed me. 
Say you've been praying for a family member to come to Christ, and the truth is they have just not come to Christ. It has not happened, but you have been praying and praying and praying, and you're, you're, the person you're praying for has a friend that's a Christian. Would you want that friend that's a Christian to say anything to your family member? Would you? Or would you just want them to keep silence? Maybe they got a coworker. Maybe they got a friend. Maybe there's somebody who knows Christ. Should they stay silent? You know, cancer is an ugly thing. But surely, if you had the cure to cancer, you'd share it, wouldn't you? You wouldn't just see people dying around you and not say anything. Jesus says, treat people the way that you want to be treated. You cannot judge why someone is lost. They've got the, the, the homeless person, the, the suit, the, 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 the look like they got the family all together, the picket fence, the whole thing. Like they, it looks like that. Would you not say anything? Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. The devil has blinded many from this verse. This particular verse right here, John 14, 6. The devil has blinded people with this verse. Well, there's option one, there's option two, there's option three, option, option, option four. All these options, just pick one. They all go to the very same place. And us, we're like, well, you know what? My, my, that, my coworker, my friends, the person I know, that family member, they're in that other religion. They seem like they're happy, so I'm just not going to say anything. They seem like they're in a good space, a good place. They believe what they believe. But they're going to hell. Eternal separation from God. There are no other options. There is not option one, two, three, four, five. There is, it's only one. There's only one way to the Father. There's only one way. And that is through Jesus Christ. There is only one way. And people are literally headed in the wrong direction. And he left this for us, church. You see, what happens inside these doors is absolutely important. But God is calling us to have a burden for those outside. Back in the beginning in verse 2, it says this, And both the Pharisees and the scribes began to complain, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Church, I want you to know that we can do this in Jesus' name. People are hurting, people are lost, people are being held captive by demons, and they, can, they, and they cannot even see it in the physical. In the physical, they're just, they're just dealing with why they're always dealing with something. But inside, in the spiritual, they're dealing and they're wrestling with these demons. We can see the spiritual. We can see how the spiritual affects the physical. And it's time, church, that we walk them home. It's time that we point them to Jesus. The second thing that I want to share with you is this. We must have a clear understanding of the difference between death and life. It's got to be clear. 
and I, and I really don't want to make this complicated, but I do want to be clear. Death means eternal separation from God. That means hell. Life means being reborn in Christ and crossing over from death to life. You were here, but you've crossed over. You've went over the bridge. Now you've taken the narrow path. You've crossed over. That's what life means. It means now you have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. You have access to this holy. You have access to his presence. You now have this relationship. Let me talk to you a little bit about the kingdom of God. You know, I've talked to you about the kingdom of God but there's some things that I want to make clear. When we talk about the kingdom of God in our church, there's some things that I just want us to be clear about. See, when we talk about the kingdom of God in our church, we talk about the here and the not yet. The here is that place where we as believers, when we've been reborn in Christ, we have access to his presence. His kingdom rules and reigns now. As believers, we have his authority. He's given us purpose and identity, and we are called to walk in it. That is the here, the not not yet is the fullness that we will experience in heaven. We will have the fullness of his kingdom to come. It is to come, his kingdom to come. But right now we are living in his kingdom. It is the here and then the not yet. But I want to just, I want to explain it this way. Those not in Christ are also in the here and the not yet. You see, they are in right now in the here of the kingdom of darkness. Right now, they are in the death right now. Right now, they are in the separation from God right now. But they will reach the not yet, which is the fullness and the eternal separation from God. And once it is too late, it is too late. And that is their current identity that is their current reality, and it is the truth, and there's nothing else to say about it. I cannot sugarcoat it. I cannot put any sprinkles on top of it. I cannot try to make it some other type of way. It is the truth of what God's word says right now. We might have people in our sphere of influence. We might have people in our homes, in our families. We might have people that are close to us or in our jobs or in our workplace, in, in, in our neighborhoods, in our next-door neighbor right now that are headed in a direction that's wrong. That is the truth. There's no other way to say it. I want you to see what the Apostle Paul says. He writes this letter to the church in Corinth. And he's really trying to get some things straight with the Christians there. So he writes this letter. He has a scribe. He writes it down. They write it down. And he puts it all together. And he says this to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. He says this, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, neither thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. They are not going to. And if they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God, what are they going to inherit? Eternal separation from God. Paul writes similar to the church in Galatia, and he writes this letter in the book of Galatians, chapter 5. And again, he's trying to get the church to understand, would the church understand? And so it's repeated for us, if you will. It says this is verses 19 through 21. If you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, right? Sorcery can be any kind of witchcraft or black magic or voodoo or card reading or palm reading or um, 
the, the horoscopes, all of that. Horoscopes, well, my birthday is this. All of that is demonic. All of that fits under sorcery. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. He says this, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, hell exists. It is a real place. It is a real space where you will no longer be able to access God. You will no longer be able to access his presence. So church, what are we going to do about it? There's a couple of verses that I want to point out to you in this story here. The first one is in Luke 15, 24, and I'm going to close with this. You see, in Luke 15, Jesus is telling three stories. He first tells the story of the 99 sheep, and now he has lost one and so he is willing to leave the 99 and go and chase the one i'll do whatever i can to go get the one if i gotta come all the way over here to get the one then i'm gonna come over here and get the one because the one matters can you see god's heart the one matters to him he doesn't say well look at the probability i got 91 i only lost one not a big deal for him it means something and so he tells the second story, and he tells the story of the, uh, of the lady who has the ten coins, and, 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 and she, she could say, well, I got nine, I lost it, you know, it's not a big deal. No, it means something. And then he tells the story of the prodigal son. In verse 24, it says this, for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So then what does it say? So the party began. The celebration began. There was rejoice in heaven, the Bible describes, that when one person comes to know the Lord, the angels in heaven rejoice because there's victory. What was lost is now found in Jesus' name. And then in verse 32, he repeats this again. He says this in verse 32. We had to celebrate this happy day. For your brother was dead and has come back to life. You know when something is dead? Have you ever, does anybody have plants? And you see a plant dead, but you're able to revive a plant? You ever seen something that just seems lifeless and then it comes back to life? He says this was dead and now, now it was so far gone. I didn't never think that that would ever come back. But in Jesus' name it resurrected. For your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So you had to celebrate. You know, one of my favorite parts of this story is that when the dad sees the son from so far away, he runs to him. And it's in verse 20. Can we put up verse 20? He says this, so when he returned home to his father, while he was still a long way off, his father, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. I'm telling you that God had, God came to meet you. He saw you far off, and he came. He said, You're com I'm going to come. You're coming. I'm coming. He, he's on his way. I'm going. 
And he met you, and he wants to meet you, and there are people he wants to meet. There are people that are on his heart. There are people that are on his mind. And he wants to use his church to come and meet them. This is how God felt when you came home. This is his heart for the lost. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I had a day off. I took my family to the snow. We had a wonderful time. We go out there. We're on our way back. We get back into Sacramento. We get off this exit that's right here by our house and get off the exit. And my wife says, oh, you know what? Could we stop at the store real quick to get something? And as we stop, we're on our way to the store to pick up something. Um, I'm, we're driving, and I see this man, and he is, he's, like, trying to cross the street, and tears are just flooded down his eyes. He is, he, is, he is going through something. He is in anguish. He is dealing with something inside. It is burning. He is struggling. He's this, and he has no shirt on. He has no shirt. And I'm thinking, we just went to the snow. It's freezing. And this so I, I, I drive a little bit ahead of him. I pull over to the side. And, and, um, and, and, I, and I'm, uh, I'm far enough ahead of him that I can run to go meet him by the time he's coming across. And so I come to, to meet him, and I just take off my shirt. I had another shirt off the side, and I begin to put the shirt on, on, on top of him. And I just begin to tell him, and he's again, he's bawling and he's struggling, he's in deep anguish. He's angry, he's angry inside. You ever seen somebody's blood boil, if you will, so to speak? He is, his blood is boiling, he is angry, he is frustrated, he is mad. And I just begin to tell him about the love of God. And God's love for him. And he is he's continuing to weep. And I just, I'm beginning, I'm talking him through about all of that and all of that. And he just begins to calm down. And I, and I say, okay, can, can we pray now? And, I, and, and he's just like, he wants it. He is desperate for it. If I can explain to you the desperation when I said, can we get to the prayer part? He's like, I need it. I want you to know there are people out there that they need you to be the hands and feet of Jesus. They need you to go forth. They need you to love them. They need you to speak life in them. They need you to tell them about Jesus. They need to hear the gospel. They need it. And God is asking if we will take it personal, if we will join the burden of his hearts. You know, that day that man's heart was touched, absolutely. But you know who else's heart was touched? God's heart. His creation is groaning. They need him. We have him. And we need to share him. So would you stand with me? Here's our challenge. Here's our challenge. Here's our call today. If you would pray this, would you, would you pray this? Pray, Heavenly Father, give me a heart for the lost all around me. Father, would you give me that heart? Would you give me that heart? Would my heart burden? Would it burden, Father? Would my heart beat as your heart beats for the lost? God, would you give it to me? Would you give it to me? Would you give it to me? I could have drove past. We can drive past. But God, would you give me this burden? Would you give me this burden? Would you give me this burden? And secondly, share the gospel like it's personal because it is. It was personal when it met you. It was personal when it set you free. It was personal when it broke chains in your life. It was personal when demons were taken out. It was personal when you crossed over from death to life. It was personal. It is personal.
Is there anybody here today that says the truth is, you know what, I haven't been living right with God. But I recognize who he is. And I, I'm ready to leave my old way behind and I'm ready, I'm ready to follow him. I'll give it up, whatever it is I've got to give up because I want to be right. And if he can really forgive me for all my stuff, all my, all my, if he can forgive me for it all, then I'll take that. I want that. And if that's you today and you say, you know what, I, I want him. Would you just quickly put your hand up and then down? Is there anybody today? Thank you. I see your hand. Is there anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah! He's here. His presence is here. And He has come to meet us. Together would we pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, We recognize that you, Father, sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross, to be our atonement, to pay the price for our sins so that we can be forgiven, so that we can be set free, so that we can access a relationship with you so that we can discover our identity in you so that we can walk in our purpose so that you can fill us with your love so that we can find room in your arms so that we would never forget that you have grabbed us by the hand and walked us from death to life. May we do the best we can to walk in your ways. So we ask now that you would fill us with your spirits. And lead us in the way of everlasting. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let me just give the Lord a round of applause. Hey, Pastor Jack here. I hope you enjoyed today's message and were blessed by it. If you did have any questions or prayer requests or wanted to connect with us further, I did want to share with you our email address. You can certainly find more information about us at mosaiconline.org. If it's in Spanish, mosaiconline.org slash ES. Um, but you can also email us here. You can email us at helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. That's helpdesk, H-E-L-P, D-E-S-K, help desk at mosaiconline.org. And you can send your message to us right there. We'd love to connect with you. That messages will get forwarded over to me and our team, our pastors, our staff, and we would love to help you and pray with you and come alongside you. God bless you.